Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Lewis Hart for Boxing Social in association with Empire Football. Why? Why? You're taking ages to set up and you look all jittery. <laughs> no, I'm not all jittery. Mate, I, just, I don't know why I was taking so long, but I am finally ready to be joined with Adam Booth. We're here in Sunderland in the beacon of light um, for, for another big, big night for Josh Kelly. Um, how's things? Are? How are we feeling? Good, like just enjoying every day as it comes. It's a simple answer for you. Absolutely, I appreciate it. I hope it's not, not too many simple answers, mate. Um, but as I said, another homecoming for Josh Kelly, um, another big fight to close the year. Um, how sort of you would you view his progression in 2024, 2023? Sorry. Um, he's uh, matured into his prime and he's now in his prime and ready for whatever gets put in front of him. He's going to be a uh, nap. He got injured um, and we needed someone that was going to keep him switched on. And that's when uh, Ramirez stepped up and took the fight. And when you look at Josh, sort of as he said, he had a 16-win camp for someone, for an opponent, and for it to have changed sort of so close out, how as a camp do you sort of mentally, physically sort of adapt your camp for someone different? And how do you sort of deal with all those things? If only, if only the, the flicker only lasted about an hour and a half and then we were fine. Like, you obviously have that disappointment when you have one man focusing your head, but then Josh's fighting style is all about, all about Josh anyway. Um, and it didn't make... It didn't make a jot of difference, really. And when you look at Josh now, when you look at the Williams site, Williamson fight this time last year, it was real a statement that was provided by Josh. When you know people weren't always sort of win, backing him to win that fight, I think uh, you know, sort of a 50-50 fight. And Williams had proved to, to against Williamson that you know he didn't even sort of there was let complete levels apart to, to push on from that fight now and. Um, and provide a statement and provide a statement at a level to kick on and how sort of happy have you been with his progression when he's been kicking on? So there's been a hell of a lot of progression in the last 12 months physically, technically, uh, mentally and emotionally to the point that we're, we're at this situation now where it's like we're enjoying each day and uh, a 16 week training camp completely uninterrupted by injury or illness which is so rare especially at this time of year that um, you know I, as, as his coach I'm standing here saying yeah, I'm confident now whoever you put in front of him I'm pretty sure he has an answer for and you mentioned there about the 16 week training camp uh, I do want to mention on that and touch on that because I don't know sort of it might be different with different fighters that you've dealt with but having a 16 week training camp and have su- having such a long training camp as a coach how do you deal with that to sort of when you look at someone's peaks when you want to taper off and, and, and things like that you periodise and you establish different peaks throughout the 16 throughout the period that you're working and for us that was 16 weeks and um, that's what we did 
and uh, I'm confident to say I think we've I think we nailed it and the peak the last peak is now and you look at Josh now um, there's a lot obviously the, the, the super welterweight division is always moving about um, as we see Tim Zhu get elevated to a WBO, uh, WBO champion after Charlo vacated, Charlo also vacating the IBF, which Josh has a high ranking in. Do you feel like that as, when the belts may end up getting fragmented, this is a good position now for Josh to, to scatter and be pushed into a world title picture? Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's a question for him to be dealing with, and I'll be pushing him after Saturday, not before Saturday, because, we just, like we said, we take every day, every bit as it comes along, and so... Saturday night, he's got Ramirez in front of him. And you mentioned there about Josh developing sort of mentally, emotionally, and as a fighter. How important is that whole side that isn't about all the physical training that you do? There's so much other stuff that goes into it where his sort of his mindset, um, how he can sort of apply his trade and, and sort of tra train his mind in a sense. Well, he's matured as a man uh, and he's gone through some difficult times, come through it the other side in his prime as a better fellow than he went into it in every sense whether that's as a fighter a boxer or a man and so that is only going to benefit him in everything that he does in life whether that's when the bell rings or whether that's on the golf course it's like it's helping him in everything and as a coach you've seen so many different people come through your doors so you've had so many sort of different characters and the way that they take in information may be different from the others. How do you deal with that on a mental side, trying to connect with someone on a mental side um, as a coach and when it comes to listening and how they are emotional? I mean, you can't necessarily connect with everyone and, and what works for one absolutely doesn't work for another or what works for one does work for another, technically. Um, and it's like, if I, I'm, not a, I'm not a one tool fit fits all type of coach. I try and be malleable in how I approach it to try and get the best out of the individual rather than making them conform to my coaching philosophy, um, which is satisfying but also challenging and stressful sometimes, but I guess it's just how I do it. And when it comes to styles as well, where you have someone like Josh where he may be different to someone like you've trained before where it comes to like David Hay and, and, and Mick Conlon and people like that. How do you feel like you develop as a coach when it comes to different styles? Do you feel like it's good to have that versatility where no matter what style it is, you're very suited to, to whatever they bring? I wouldn't say I'm suited to every style. Um, and every fighter that I work with, I learn something from them. I have to, you know. Um, and so when something works for one, that may or may not work for another. I've got different tools in my box that I can try. I have my coaching philosophy, be hard to hit and hit hard. That, that's my basic philosophy. Um, and then whether it's Southport, Orthodox, forward, back foot, I just adapt that. Yeah, yeah, okay. I don't think it matters. Like, what I was saying, like, important. In combat sport, it's important not to get hit. So to say be hard to hit is not a bad strap line. To hit hard is a good element because you need to get someone's respect and be able to establish control with your hands as well as everything else. And then each individual style or rhythm or psychology of a fighter, you look at, all right, well, what's the best defensive 
techniques and strategies and rhythms for this fella? What's the best defensive positions for him to go into long range, short range? That's where it becomes a myriad of options where what works for one doesn't work for another. And as a coach, is there an importance for yourself where no matter what you see and how experienced that you are, you're actually still, there's still so much that you can actually learn and when you deal with different types of fighters that come in, there's still that importance that you still are learning? Uh, to, yeah, the worst thing can be success because success can create a bit of complacency where you, you, you start to believe you think you know it all and that's a dangerous space for I think for a coach to be in because life evolves and humans evolve and sport evolves and things change. You look at the fights back in the 80s at the highest level, they don't look like the fights at the highest level nowadays. Um, so the sport has changed and the coaching has to change uh, alongside that. So I try and always question what I do, keep my mind open, forget what I know and focus on what I think I don't know. And you mentioned there about being comfortable. It's sometimes often that's talked about with fighters after they get big wins, they can easily get comfortable. Do you feel like there's definitely time where coaches could be guilty of, of being too comfortable when they have sort of certain amounts of success and there's no place to adapt or, or change? Absolutely. Su uh, success and complacency can run alongside each other. And, and when you add in ego, and you put ego alongside success, it's very easy to see how complacency and arrogance can set in whatever you do, whether it's a coach or, or an athlete or whatever. And uh, yeah, so I, I try and check myself um, and I try and surround myself with people that will check me if I don't check myself. And talking about your stable there, um, recently sort of you do have quite a small stable um, of small sort of stable of fighters. How have you sort of found that? And do you feel like you prefer having a stall stable where you see coaches who have you know, plenty of all different types of fighters? Yeah, I mean, my satisfaction and success as a coach has always come in sort of very isolated scenarios. It's how I function best and it's what I prefer. And so I'm fortunate enough to have that now. So and obviously talking about your stable, um, someone that did depart ways and you sort of mutual uh, depart was Mick Conlon um, he did suffer a defeat against Jordan Gill um, I just wonder what your sort of thoughts were with that performance from from Mick um, well, I didn't want to see him lose it was a shame that he lost that fight uh, I thought that Jordan was going to give him something because Jordan sparred with Mick a few years ago and for Jordan to take the fight he knew that he was in a difficult fight he prepared himself for a difficult fight and, uh, and he put in, if I'm honest, I thought Jordan put in the performance of his lifestyle and, uh, and that's, of his life, sorry, and I think that's what got him the win. When you look at Mick now, um, obviously this, that defeat to Jordan Deal has come with critics and what he, would, what he should do next in his career. Um, speaking from a former coach, what would you like Mick to do next for his career? It's entirely up to him whether I was his coach or not his coach. It's always the fighter's choice. It's his life and he has to be the one that makes that decision. Just as we close this interview off, um, on a personal level for yourself as a coach, how have you looked at 2023 um, and how do you sort of look to push forward on 2024? You need to ask me after Saturday because I'm not in a... Okay. Okay, okay, I'm yeah. not in a reflective oh, that's fine, that's fine. I'll be reflective after Saturday when I can uh, relax my shoulders and just enjoy a bit of a holiday time. Absolutely, I will ask that question after Saturday, hopefully after a Josh Kelly win. Adam, just want to say thank you for taking time to speak to you. I know it took a while for me to get ready, but uh, I do appreciate it, mate. And yeah, all the best for Saturday night, mate. Thank you, top man. Sports Social Podcast Network.